Good evening, fellow quack addicts. David Piper, Rusty Ryan. This isn't a great quack. No. <laughs> do we have to do this one? This is watered down. Like, <laughs> this, this is... has got baking powder in, or baking soda in it. This is, uh... This is the Miller Lite of quack. This is kind of like the heroin of quack. Like, it might feel good for a little. Like, you just need your quack fix at this point, and it doesn't even matter if it feels bad. This No, this feels terrible. This is... Damn. But you need it. Like, quack, the, the real addicts are listening to this right now. Yes. Wallowing in their self-pity just like we are. Uh-huh. Um... We got our asses handed to us. Yeah. Um, um, we... Like... We lost to... This is what it feels like if you're, if you're a Pac-12 team that plays Oregon every year and you lose to Oregon. Yeah. Like, we were the other side of that coin on Monday. Um... They do a lot of the same things we do, or a lot of very similar things we do, uh, but they do it with a top five recruiting class and the best oh, coach yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's not even like, I really wish I had a mindset like Jameis Winston right now where I could be like, yeah, it could have gone either way and honestly believe it, but when we like essentially finished plus four in turnovers... Like, they score 20 points. And we score 20 points. Like, if you tell me we get four turnovers before the game, I'm like, saying well, I'm I, popping bottles at halftime. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just if I look at the talent, it's like, you know, we, we play that game ten times. We win, what, three, maybe four. Um, and it, But the thing is, like, it looked good early. We have that first okay. drive. Except for the two fumbles, that drive was perfect. Yeah, I mean, but we got him back. Well, really only one fumble. second one wasn't a fumble. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, But we get it back, you know, we go down, score. We force Ohio State to punt. Oh, yeah, and at this Um, point I'm just like, bring the rain. um, We force Ohio State to punt, and then we go and we have a chance. We look like we're going to start driving again. Charles Nelson drops such an easy third down pass. That was his freshman mistake. And it's like, you know, I mean, if we go there, we, we continue to drive down because we're moving pretty good. You know, let's say we go down and score. Um, You know, we're up 14 nothing potentially. Like, all of a sudden, we, we, we start building up a lead. That could be a different game. Um, You know, and then if we get the next drive with Stanford. But the bottom line is... It's not a different game, and as that game went on, you just saw more and more of Ohio State asserting their will, um, you know, in the running game, which just destroyed us. Uh, you saw it on defense where they completely shut our running game down. Um, Did they really shut it down? I wouldn't say they shut it down, but I definitely would say they uh, had the advantage. They definitely okay, well, were. I mean, I mean we're yards, just getting into nitpicking and semantics. Four yards a carry? I mean, Royce Freeman had 10 carries for 22 yards. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> what did Tyner do? I'm pulling Tyner, up the box. Tyner, 12 for 62. Okay. 
That's five yards per carry. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, that's that's like average, I think. So, I mean, it's not Oregon average, but I think any given team would love to have five yards per carry. Yeah, but, you know, Tyner had two yards of carry. I mean, Tyner Freeman had two yards of carry. Yeah. I mean, really, really what Ohio State did is they put Oregon in passing situations. Yeah. They, Ohio State did so well on first down. And Ohio State's strength was really their passing defense and their pass rush. And so the more times we had to pass, the more we played into their hands. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like how uh, I always say that Oregon wants to play Oregon's game. Like you want to play at our tempo, like basically play the game on Oregon's terms. And this was a game that was played on Ohio State's terms. Totally. I mean, and look, I mean, Oregon moved down the field actually pretty consistently. I mean, Mariota passed for 333 yards. Yeah. Uh, but it, what they did is is what at times you see Oregon do, which is, man, they got the Ducks into the red zone and then... Put the clamps down. Man, there, there was... There was nowhere to go i mean you there, there's not a ton of space to to stretch out passing there to get a lot of the open throws that oregon usually gets so they could mm-hmm. clamp down on the run game in the red zone uh nobody's open <laughs> and when they're open they drop it and i mean just made it really tough held oregon to field goals um got that 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 stop at the goal line was killer yeah uh, that that was absolutely killer uh, again, you want to talk about another play that could make it a different game. You know, that's one right there. And kudos to Ohio State for getting it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this much. isn't even, I wouldn't even say, like, looking at this game, that Oregon played bad. I think Ohio State was that good and yeah. played that well. I agree. I mean, it, the other thing, too, is. You know, when you look at the Oregon defense, I mean, they got the turnovers, you know. And and we knew, look, we knew that we were going to give up points and that the offense was going to have to score. Mm -hmm. But what Ohio State did so well, I mean, Urban Meyer zoned in. He just said he knew the linebackers were the weakness. Oh, yeah. And he he just ran that inside trap over and over and over again. Trapped it, you know, because the defensive line is actually pretty good. So we're going to trap the defensive line. You know, we're going to force the linebackers to react. And our linebackers are really pretty bad. <laughs> and it's, every time they Relative, ran that, yeah. they ran it consistently. And it seemed like it was just flying for 15 yards. Oh, every yeah. Every single time they yeah. ran it. Yeah. It was as soon as the receiver would motion like when I was watching the game as soon as the receiver started to motion over and I saw where the tight end was lined up as soon as the receiver motioned it was yeah this is going to be a fake to a counter and it was that play almost every time I mean and it was really I think like I wrote about this going in I didn't write about it Uh, I talked about this on the podcast is that Ohio State, with the number of quarterbacks they went through, the secret to their success probably wasn't quarterback or the skill positions. It was probably the offensive line. Yeah. That you could just interchange anybody behind them and be fine. Offensive line, running game, their running back is amazing. Yeah. Um, and normally I'm running back, like, agnostic. Like, I, I don't think 
that there's a huge difference between like your replacement level running back and your star running back. But in a game where Ezekiel Elliott was able to get through holes pretty much unscathed and hit the second level, he was as close to like a incredibly valuable running back as I would say that you can get to into the like today's version of football. Like the way he was able to escape people, um, his balance and changing directions. Like, he was so good in, at the second level. Yeah. Yeah. You know what really sucks? We're 0 for 2 in these things, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always tough because we're always like, oh, man, we're 0 for 2. But if you told me in, like, 2004 that we'd make two national championship games, I'd be psyched. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, you mm-hmm. know, I... You know, I've had time to think about this and kind of decompress and That's what that's what work was for the last couple of days. Um but it's like people you know, the national narrative is gonna be about well, Oregon can't win the big one and, Yeah, with a sample size of two. Tell me that's statistically with a, with a significant. Sample size of two, but it's like I still you know I don't get to say that Oregon was favored or, or, you know, maybe Oregon should have. It's like, just look at the recruiting classes. Oregon should be. Oregon is just by making it there. They are. They are uh, exceeding what their talent should be doing. Oh, for sure. Um, And I want people to keep in mind, too, to all five people who are going to listen to this. That the Vegas line isn't a prediction of what the final score differential is going to be. It's geared. It's geared so that the casinos will get even money on both sides, so that they can take money from the juice. Or if they're gonna, if they think one side's gonna win, um, and they have a really good feeling, then they'll go. They'll try and goad people into the other uh, selection. So, I mean, when people say like, "Oh, Oregon was favored," or uh, like, or even the worst one, like Oregon Soft or whatever, or a finesse team, like, don't take them seriously. Just don't take those arguments seriously. Like, what what frustrates me about it is that we have to even put up with it. Not that it's like a plausible theory about the team. Well, so so here, I mean, here's here's a legit conversation I had, um, with, you know. It's a, we have an interesting fan base, and of course we have the largest inferiority complex ever. I mean, I think we have reasonable Oregon fan. I like to think that's what we are most of the time. Yeah, we have um, objective delu- as possible. With we have a completely bias. delusional Oregon fan. Uh, yeah. and I unfortunately had a conversation with completely delusional Oregon fan. Um, one of the one of the staff members at the school that I work at. Oh no. Yeah. Water cooler um, talk. Water cooler talk. I just don't take part in those anymore. It's unavoidable. Um, but well, we were way out coached in that game. I think I think it might be time to get rid of Helfrich. I don't think he's our guy. Fuck off. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um so a, and I'm actually I'm actually going to write a piece about this in the next day or two. How can you make uh, that this, argument? This was the season that absolutely proved to me that Helfrich is our guy. Oh my god, I've like, never had more faith in Helfrich. Without like completely without a doubt. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. Oregon does what it does because because of their system, because they have guys that are completely 100% bought into that system that do the little things um, that make it work. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, you know, if you're Oregon still – your reasonable ceiling as far as recruiting class is, you know, we're, we're at about 15 to 20 ish every year in spite of all of our success. I and have a huge reason, tanger on that, but we'll get huh? back to it. I have a huge opinion on that, but we'll get okay. back to it. I don't want to interrupt you. Let me finish up here. Yeah. Um, I, and that's, that's what we're at. And that's kind of, I mean, that's realistically kind of our ceiling. And the reason is, because we have to go pull everybody out of somewhere else. If right. you're Ohio State, if you're USC, if you're Texas, if you're Florida State, you you just you just have to get kids out of your backyard and then fill here and there. We might get one Thomas Tyner from time to time, and we literally have to pull every kid, other kid we get out of somewhere else. And it's just hard to fill a 25-man recruiting class with that every single year when you're getting one two kids out of your own state mm-hmm. so you're kind of, I mean, you're naturally limited on on that because you don't have four and five star talent you can just pull out of your backyard mm-hmm. um and and what oregon does to compensate for that is i mean obviously they've made themselves as attractive as possible yeah the national get branding. those four and five star guys who are gettable um but they make up for it with the system and players are completely bought into that we see we've seen a coaching staff this year um that that runs it beautifully and has them all bought in um oregon can win a national championship absolutely it has to be a season where things break just right as um, with all teams as with all teams but, but there's a know, smaller maybe even room a, for error. maybe even a little more so for oregon just because i mean when you have something I mean, when you have an ohio state where they do have that great coach and they have that kind of talent i'm sorry they're just better because you can't get that level of talent across the depth of that i mean you can get frontline guys but you can't get the depth across your program of talent that's that good um and you know i mean it's it's these runs don't last forever usc is going to get their full allotment of scholarships back i i still think their coaching is bad and so you know it is what it is for a while i think oregon's going to be very good mm-hmm. um, even with a new quarterback sad face um but you know, it, it, it's not just like you can have fan who's like, well, national championship or bust and we didn't win. We need to go get somebody else. I mean, Nick Saban lost to Urban Meyer. Are you, are you thinking that if, if we got rid of this coaching staff that Urban Meyer's walking through that door? I mean, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's insane. It, it's insane and it's delusional. Um, it, you know, the, this, this staff is getting everything out of this program. It's reasonable. And even that's unreasonable. It's not reasonable to get what they're getting. It's because they're doing a damn good job. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that this coaching staff has done an amazing job of so far, like more than anything else, like the difference between like when Chip Kelly was head coach and when and now that Mark Helfrich is head coach is the recruiting. They're putting such a bigger emphasis on recruiting. Like, after the uh, Pac-12 championship game, uh, 
um, after the Pac-12 championship game, Mark Helfrich flew to Hawaii to seal a recruit's commitment. Do you think Chip Kelly's going to get on a plane after the Pac-12 championship game and fly to Hawaii the next day? Chip Kelly always kind of thought recruiting was a little bit beneath him. It wasn't wasn't really his thing. And, I mean, Helfrich's work ethic with that, I mean, that's where that's where you could see the the recruiting start to improve a little bit as he you know as he's proves himself with with the success that he's had you know i still think that ceiling is there you know i don't think you're going to see oregon start turning out top 5 classes oh no i just think i think they're geo, i think they're geographically limited right um, as a far as their ability to do that, do that but it even makes i mean oregon's been 18 19 20 21 the last several years if you can even bump that up to like 15 that's huge okay here's my beef here is my beef i can understand uh like teams like alabama or florida state or georgia teams that have huge amounts of in-state talent getting like top 10 classes every year regardless of like how good they actually do on the field like for example Dwayne stanford who's from ohio like they made a point in the national championship game he grew up dreaming of playing for Ohio State. And there's like all these kids who grow up dreaming of playing for their in-state school because people most often are fans of where their parents went to college and most people live in the state where they went to college in for the most part. But it's when I get to like... It's just like some of these rankings just don't make sense to me. Like how is Tennessee number six... Like, I get that they're in the SEC. Oh, this is according to ESPN's uh, Recruiting Nation rankings. Uh, oh, and first off, I hate recruiting. I think it's I like an absolute absurdity. And it's stuff like this that makes me so confused about how this whole thing works. Like, I get Tennessee has, like, a lot of tradition. And they're in the SEC. And they're close to these states that put, churn out tons of talent. And they may be, like, kind of on the upside. But they were not good this year. Like they, they made a bowl good game. Many years. Right. They haven't been good in a while. They made a bowl game for the first time in a, in a few years. How are they number six? Penn right. State. Penn State is sitting at number twelve. Well, I mean, but I, but I, but some of that. I mean, you can explain some of that way. I mean, Pennsylvania has a ton of high school football talent. Yeah, but Penn State sucks at football. Yeah, but who's their who's their new head coach? Uh, James Franklin. James Franklin, who is like ace recruiter James Franklin. Damn it. You know, uh, ten- Tennessee. Tennessee has a decent amount of high school talent, and they're sitting right next to tons of states with bunches of high school talent. Yeah, but and here's my beef. Number six? They're number six? If you like, want- how is it? I just don't understand how Oregon isn't higher when they I mean their ranking is going to go up next year because you always see like after a huge run it's not impacted on the current recruiting class it's on the next year's recruiting class but how is Oregon who's made two national championship appearances in the last five years and is like a national brand like cool uniforms and everything how are they still at 19? because if you're Penn State you can get 14, 15 guys in your class from your own state yeah, but I'm okay. So if you're if you're Tennessee, you get 10, 12 guys out of your class from your own state. 
So it's so weird to me though that if I was a kid growing up, I would say, man, I don't know. Trying to get in the head of like a 16, 17 year old is like a. There's still like a lot of people who look. Oregon, it rains a lot. It's cold. It, it's out. I mean, Oregon's a long way away for these guys. I mean, you know. Yeah, as soon as you're getting uh, on a Oregon's plane, a long way like, away for on. the Southern California kids that we get quite a few of. It's a really long way to go if you're from Florida, from Texas. Yeah. There's just a lot of kids that just don't want to do it. Like I get it. I, I you know. I'm not going to college in Texas or Georgia or Florida. Also, here here's what I'm also shocked about. Ole Miss is 17. They have some of the finest co-eds in the country. How are they 17? Because it's Mississippi. Moving on, though. <laughs> Moving on, though. That's my beef. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I don't understand how Miami is still number 20. They're awful. But... I don't understand because, how bad teams keep getting good players. Because it's desirable locations. It's look because Miami can go and freaking Miami can go five miles from their campus and get fourteen four star five star guys. I just don't understand who want to who want to play next to who want to play there. I don't understand the appeal of playing for Miami right now. Because you or Penn State. Because you're from Pennsylvania. I just feel Man. like if, if you if you weigh all the pros and cons, it's not that close between like Penn State or Miami. I don't know because I that's mean, a total it, homer though. It's not. I mean, it, you know, I just, it, it, you're not very well in the mind of an eighteen year old. Then I mean, it's I, I'm just thinking about myself as a high schooler growing up you know in Oak Ridge near Eugene if I were a highly recruited athlete Oregon wasn't great back then they were decent not great um I would have gone to Oregon over USC or over Texas or over any of those schools any day it was a work it was the I mean it's just what you said earlier it's the freaking school I grew up dreaming about when I was a kid yeah, it's just like if you're a top athlete and you want to like get to the NFL, and you're picking between like Penn State, who hasn't put like anybody in the NFL in a while, like of note, and who isn't an is an average program right now. They're getting better, but they're an average program. How do you pick Penn? I don't know. You have to be because, a fan of Pitt because State. Because you're sold on the thought that you're going to be part of the group that returns your home team to glory. That's an easy sell. That's such an easy sell. Yeah, I guess so. Penn State, we're returning to glory, and you, you're you going to make that happen, and people are going to remember that you had, had something to do with this. Or you could That's be, easy. Or That's you could come to Oregon sell. and be the missing piece of a national championship team. Yeah, and you could, you could go to Oregon and go – all the way across the country and, and you're going to sit in the rain and you're just one of a bunch of people who, you know, you'll kind of, you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. And then everybody will forget about you. And then when the next man comes along, I'm just playing like opposing recruiting coach here, or you can stay home where you've wanted to play since you were a little kid and 
we're going to start kicking ass again and you're going to be the reason. Hmm. That's an easy sell. That's easy. Yeah. We, we, you know, we love Oregon because it's where we went to school, where we grew up. I mean, there's, there's, people don't inherently have, have that love and that sense of sentimentality that we do. They have that for the, you know, whatever school they grew up. Yeah, I'm just trying to like say looking at this objectively, and that's why if you're Oregon, I mean, you go and identify the kids that don't have that. Mm-hmm. You go and identify Charles Nelson, who's from Florida, but eh, Ollie, you don't care. Mm-hmm. You go and identify a Michael James out of Texas. I'd really like to see them do like when they do these class rankings, assign like some number of like what the value is of the class. So number one could have like one point zero zero zero. Florida State is at number two could be like .997. And then we see where Oregon's number is relative to like number one. And then that would get me really furious. I don't know. I just... See where the tears are. I just don't care that much about recruiting. I trust that... I trust that our staff is going to go out and get the best guys they can realistically get that fit our system. I know full well they're not all going to work out. Um... I trust that our staff is, is going to not go out and get criminals, which is important. Um, it it and, really is. It really is. I trust our football staff is not going to go out and get criminals, which is important. Yeah. As much as I'd like to say, just get the best players and then we'll figure it out from there. I'd, it's really a lot easier to be a fan when players aren't getting arrested. Yeah. Um. As our basketball team is showing right now. <laughs> it's showing the opposite of that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I wish we had won the national championship. I, I yeah. hope someday we do. I don't know that we're ever going to get back. We might. Um, you know, we'll have a good shot of being in the playoffs most years, I think, at least for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, but that you know that's not the be all end all and i think especially for a program like this if you if you start getting rash and chasing that i mean things are pretty good like we won the rose bowl we took a team that had won 29 games in a row and beat the shit out of them yeah um you know i mean it 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 could be a lot worse true doesn't mean i'm happy that we lost it doesn't mean i'm not upset it doesn't mean you know i've gone obviously i've gone through the five stages of grief at this point yeah <laughs> but you know it's it's just when i when i hear irrational fan you know <laughs> saying dumb things like well time to get new coaches it's like no that's, no. How, you become, that's how you become michigan or tennessee or nebraska it, that is literally how you become tennessee and nebraska and michigan Oh crap! Phil Fulmer had a bad season. Let's can his ass. <laughs> That's then you get Lane Kiffin, then you get Derek Dooley. All <laughs> Derek of Dooley. Sudden, all if of anyone says higher, you are just all kinds of in the shitter. Yeah. You think you're screwed now? I mean, that's Oregon's consistency as far as his coaching staff is, is a huge reason why. Yeah, and all it's because it, they don't have so few turnovers. Like Bloody had a couple rough years, stuck with him.
I'm I'm more sold on this coaching staff than I've ever been. Yeah, and I and think I thought just the job of after that Arizona loss, which was so tough, the way they just brought everybody together, just started housing everybody. Oh yeah, that was that was a really damn good coach. Yeah, and yeah. I think Pelham. Never outcoached by Urban Meyer, but like I said, everyone got outcoached. got outcoached by Urban Meyer, except Frank Beamer somehow. <laughs> That's the... I still don't understand. Well, shit happens. <laughs> still don't... I just... What, what just happened was Ohio it. State improved just so much throughout the course of the season. Oh, man. They just did. Go Hokies. <laughs> what the hell? I bet all Virginia Tech fans have got, like, this big grin on their face right now. The transitive national champion? Yeah. Um... Virginia Tech. Wow. Are, are we the Buffalo Bills of college football? You uh, you brought that up earlier. I don't think so. We haven't lost enough yet. 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 <laughs> we still have plenty of time to get there. Like the early Peyton Manning Colts. Just going to take a little while. Um, we can just get one, right? <laughs> yeah. If we can just get one, then I can die in peace. We could be like the 90s Braves. I'll, I'll, you know, we could lose four if we can get one. Oh, yeah. All I need is the one, and then I'm fine for life. And I'm just golden. It's like, got I fired from my big. job. Well, Oregon won the national championship. Yeah. Divorced? Well, Oregon won the national championship that one year. I'm terrified that it's never going to happen, but... And it's really, it was really too, like after the game, where it was like, do I really want to have, do I really want to encourage people to follow sports? Like this is the worst feeling ever. It does. It's it so is. irrational, and it's like, do I really want to encourage this? Like especially, I was thinking that too, when the NFL basically systematically covers up sexual, vi- sexual violence cases and domestic abuse cases. Like, is this is this a league I really want to follow? Is this one I want to like it's, indoctrinate people into? Sports fandom in general is just such a bizarre phenomenon. Like, it's so we weird. We don't know any of these guys, and I mean, we have absolutely no impact. Really, we have like nothing to do with this whole operation, and yet we are so emotionally invested. Like, like Monday was just like absolutely soul crushing. In oh, every was, way. That was a lost day for me. And it's like, long run, like that has no impact on our lives whatsoever. But just like, absolutely, I mean, it was, it was like a death in the family. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just the worst. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, you're like angry and you're snapping at people <laughs> It's so like, irritable. Just like, just so just pissed. The three day fit of depression. Like it was just kind of this afternoon where I'm like starting to get over it and start to feel better, you know. And it's like it's just a, such a bizarre phenomenon. Yeah. Like yesterday, I was just like, oh man, oh man, I wish I had that that had gone differently. Today, I was like, oh, well, here's what the lineup next year looks like. 
Yeah, that's what that exactly. I sent that uh, email to everybody. I mean, I made like a scholarship chart. And I'm, yeah. Like, got like depth charts. And... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Like ready to go. Oh, God. Yeah, no, yesterday, you know, being in a school is, is interesting. And, you know, you. You always have, you know, kids that you're you have back and forth with a little bit, you know, Beaver fans and different things. I had a, I had a couple of kids like who were, you know, that I go back and forth with a little bit who were, you know, kind of starting to say something a little bit. I just shot them that evil eye and they just shut right up. <laughs> it was it was it was it was a you don't fuck with me right now. <laughs> any, you know what's good for you. Any game, any other game is fine. Just <laughs> not now. Um, man, such a bummer. Uh, you know what else is a bummer? I mean, it's not a bummer, and I'm happy for him. But Marcus Mariota leaving. Oh, that was the other thing. As all year, we we've known he was gonna leave because it doesn't make any logical sense. Like, if he was coming, if he was coming back for another year, I would be in Eugene right now trying to find him, and I would drag him to the combine. Yes, and you know what? Like, I actually, I actually got the feeling that, that like he really does want to come back, dude. Yeah, but it, after but the it's game. just like everybody, like, it's like no, no, don't. I, I think, it, I think, like, if it was just him blocking everything else out, like, I actually think that there's a good chance he would come back. But everybody's telling him, like, dude, like, come on. Which yeah. is, I mean, it's the right decision. Like, you only have—I don't care how good you are—you only have limited opportunities to make millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, His draft stock is not going up any further. Go do it. You are a—you are a god in Eugene forever already. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, you know, if it doesn't work out and you missed out on a season of college, whatever. But like, dude, at that point, you're just swimming in your millions of dollars, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, you already have your degree, so it's not even like you can use the well. I want to get my degree. No, like, go make money. <laughs> Please go make money. Yeah, I've never even really seen a player get such like I'm trying to find the right word like general praise, like public positivity around him. Like there's the Jesus girls and Marcus Mariota thing. Like, I can't remember a more likable athlete. Like, there was that one uh, where uh, there's that one video that, like, an elementary school did in California. And they did uh, a parody of Turn Down for What? And they changed it to be about Marcus Mariota. <laughs> and it was like a whole elementary school was in on this. And it's just like, I have never seen anything like that happen in college sports. Maybe it happens all the time in the South, and I just don't hear about it. But I really don't remember the last time there was such a likable player. And most of the time, I'm I'm pretty like I'll hear things about like what players do when they're off the field or whatever. And like you know, by the way, I I hear a lot of those too. You guys don't want to hear those stories. No, and and, and listening public, you don't. I know I know things about players, former players. Uh, behind the scenes things none of you guys want to know yeah and and I mean at some point too you have to realize like the societal conditions that being 
a big time football player puts you in like what that environment kind of looks like and so like when you contextualize it and you're like okay well these kids are 19 20 21 like it's all like there's nothing too extreme for the most part um and so that's why i've always refrained from like trying to make people into like moral figures or like what a lot of sports people will do and they'll talk about someone's character and stuff it's because you just don't know but Mario is the first guy in a long time where I feel totally comfortable like telling people or like when I talk to like little kids and stuff they're like yeah do what Marcus does like follow his role like he's someone to like kind of mimic if you can like he's yeah. he's one of the people he's one of those people that makes you feel like it's safe to love again seems like the uh, NFL scouts are sure starting to rip him apart. Yeah. I mean, he's too nice. He probably... I've said this before on here. He needs to do something to get himself some street cred. Somewhere, like, he needs to find the sweet spot between speeding, which he already did, and I don't think that did enough, and, like, robbing a bank. He needs to find that sweet spot. Ugh. Get Darren Thomas and shotgun and see what happens. <laughs> Just see what happens. We smoked it all, officer. Go to Vegas for one weekend with Johnny Manziel. Does Marcus Mariota need to make it rain? <laughs> yes. He's earned it. He's earned it. Oh. Actually, uh, if there... <laughs> I now have an image of Marcus Mariota with Johnny Manziel at a club in Vegas with a huge cigar in his mouth just making it rain and I think I would never stop laughing if I saw that. Um, I'd like to see a TV show where Johnny Menzel and Marcus Mariota live together in the off season and just see what happens. Like the real world. Really Jameis Winston should be the number one overall pick because I'd want to hitch my franchise to that. I mean, he's got the irrational confidence you need for an NFL quarterback. He's got the uh, the arm, and he can make the NFL throws. That we, I mean, we saw that in the Rose Bowl. Like he made some amazing throws. Oh, totally. Like, but that when you have those kind of off the field issues, yeah, that always makes me like nervous. Yeah, and you can be like, well, nothing was ever proven. And it's like, okay, well, there's so much smoke billowing out of this house. You can't say that there's not a fire. Nothing was ever, quote, proven about Dominic Artis and Damian Dotson, but we got rid of their asses. Yeah, Um. because we have standards. (laughs) And they weren't Heisman winners. (laughs) That probably played a significant... They, they didn't were like play for really damn team. good Pac-12 basketball players, and we knew we were basically, um, I mean, basically sacrificing an entire season to get rid of them. I mean, <laughs> we've talked about that a fair amount on and off, addicted to quack. I mean, nothing was ever proven, but I just don't see an incentive for someone to make that up. No. It's there's no incentive. No. 
And look, I'm not trying to play like, oh, Oregon's the moral authority high card because. Uh, oh no, we are not. There are definitely still like questions around the way that whole thing was handled. Oh, for sure. Um, and you know, there's a current lawsuit out where you know maybe some of that will be uncovered, and um, if there was any wrongdoing then hopefully it will be exposed and if there's not then good and we can all sleep a little easier about that yeah because it's 2015 and this is getting embarrassing now but there certainly wasn't a case like what you saw where it's like the whole police department is just going to sweep it under the rug and the university is just going to like oh no this never happened he's a great guy and you can't prove anything yeah and then and then uh Jimbo Fisher getting up in front of everyone saying there is no victim because there is no crime. Yeah, you realize what we're doing? We're talking about the Knolls. We're talking about the Knolls. I mean I mean and I mean we're not we haven't even gotten yet to how the president is a willing member of the NCAA which basically forces indentured servitude upon people. So um we're not even getting into those moral speaking, ethics. Speaking of the NCAA, um, they really don't like weed. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't talk about this on the last podcast. It happened after we uh, recorded. Which, on the one hand, I mean, come on, Darren Carrington. Dude. Come on, ILA Forty. Seriously, guys. Like, come on. On the other hand, um, apparently the NCAA standard is like, 10 times more strict than the World Anti-Doping Agency. Well, when has the NCAA doing anything ever made sense? I, I mean, what do you expect? What do you... What? I mean, I don't mean like you personally. I mean, but what do people expect from the NCAA to have logic behind all their decisions and rules and everything? Hey, it's, it's the most illogical organization ever. Oh, and it's totally corrupt. But it's also incredibly illogical. A, it's college kids and weed. I don't care. Oh, I don't care at all. B, it's going to be legal here very quiet. I mean... It'll I, still know. be on the banned substance list. It's still on the NFL banned substance list, even though it's legal in Washington. Just, and I mean, to me, that has to be reconciled at some point, right? Um, and then... C, why is, your, why is your standard, like, significantly worse than every other sports institution? And I'm not absolving the two players because, I mean, come on, of all times, you can't let that happen. Because, I mean, here's the thing. How long does marijuana... I I have no idea. How long does marijuana stay in someone's system for? I have no idea. Is it like... Because... This sounds like a question for Google. (laughs) I'm doing it right now. I am too. Race you. Thanks, autocomplete. Yes. Um. So, because I think a urine test ca- will only catch it in the first couple days. I don't know. Occasional users, four days. This is according to leafscience.com. It's on the yes, internet, therefore it's true. By wow, the end these of guys four are killing days, SEO right now. Cannabis users should be safely below the 50 nanograms per milliliter. Or that's not nanograms. I don't know what that is, though. Um, I can't read, so. threshold. I mean, extreme case, 67. So if he's just like a dope fiend, then maybe. But basically, and 
we're assuming too, because Oregon went through the appeal process and was denied. So that means it didn't happen like right after the Rose Bowl. It means it happened like before the Rose Bowl and around the time of the Pac-12 championship game, most likely, either before or after. Regardless, the thing that really sucks about that, dumb. Uh, because it was an NCAA test, he's suspended for half the next season. Oh, because it was in the off season. Because no, because it's an it was at uh, so apparently if it's at an NCAA championship event and uh, the group of six bowls count, even though they're not technically NCAA events. Right. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but the NCAA has always outstepped its boundaries, so whatever. Yeah. I mean, is Carrington crapping, crapping, cracking the top five receivers next year, though? I don't think so. Well, if if it's not for this, I mean, maybe not if he's gone for half the year. I didn't think so anyways. Oh, easily. Easily. He had two good games. So? And who's going to be over Okay, Devin Allen, clearly. Braylon Addison. Braylon Addison. Byron uh, Marshall. Byron Marshall, Dwayne Stanford, and what? Charles Nelson, maybe? I yeah. Mean, I put Carrington in with all those guys. There's actually some rumors that Nelson mm-hmm. may be moving to defense. We'll see. Why? Uh, because our cornerback pipeline ain't looking too hot right now. <laughs> I thought CSA played really well. Yeah, he did, but who else? Who's going to play on the other side? Springs. Troy Hill graduates, you know? Springs. Springs, and then... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying there are rumors. Who knows? It's just rumors. I hope not. He's so much fun on offense. He is. Except for when he drops the damn football. On third and three. That was not fun. That was the opposite of fun. As Stanford's like, oh, I'm wide open after Mario scrambles. You know what's fun is Myers Leonard raining threes. Sorry, just had to throw that in there. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it too. (laughs) But. (sighs) Man, another national championship game. So, I mean, what are the – I mean, here's kind of the, the things for next season. We're going to be loaded at receiver. We're going to be loaded at running back. Loaded at tight end. We have two offensive linemen coming back. Yeah, offensive line. I mean, rebuilding the offensive line. Defensive line should be in pretty good shape even with Armstead leaving. Getting DeForest Buckner back is huge. Oh, huge. Um, I actually went through this earlier today. Um, we lose – uh, Eric Dargan, Ifo Ekpralomu, Troy Hill, Tony Washington, Eric Armstead, Dior Mathis, uh, who had a nice punt coverage. I just want to give him props since we ragged on him a fair amount this year. Uh, Keenan Lowe, Hamani Stevens, Cronus Grasu, Jake Fisher, and Marcus Mariota. So we need to replace the QB, three offensive linemen, one defensive lineman, uh, a linebacker, and three defensive backs. Did you say? Uh, did you say Derek Malone? Oh, he's gone too? Derek Malone. Um, Yeah, I'm going to open up my little thing that I'm... Uh, no, because that doesn't have the guys we're losing on it. I'm going to open up the roster. Um, Derek Malone's gone. I thought he had another year. 
Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ayala Forte was, you know, really damn good special teams player. He um, was a good kickoff coverage specialist. Yes. <laughs> um, so you know, not the biggest loss, but still something you gotta, something you gotta replace. Um, I loved his cartwheel in the cow game. <laughs> Kenny Bassett. We need a new uh, garbage time running back. Uh, that Benoit. Johnny Lloyd. <laughs> Got to replace Johnny Lloyd. A guy who played six months of football. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, Tony Washington, you know, gotta, but that's going to be tough to replace. Man, our teams. linebackers, woof. Yeah. Um, and that's when Oregon defenses really excel is with amazing linebackers. Yeah, like uh, 2010, right? When you have Clay and Matthews and uh, – Passenger. Yeah, pacing her. We had um, all three of those guys. Jeez. Our, our Dion Jordan's riding the bench that year. Like, Joe Walker is decent. And he's one-dimensional. Him, yeah. He's a great run. He's a fantastic run stopper. And then it gets questionable. And after that, it's like, uh, oh, crap. Uh... <laughs> I think French will step up. He's going to have French, to. Yeah. He's uh, a Tur- long dude. To Rodney Prevo, again, he's kind of like a one-dimensional like pass rush. but Well, um, they have a whole offseason to work on it. To Rodney Prevo will be the t- new Tony Washington. Cool. Um, I'm going to read you linebacker names. Okay. I got this all by position. Oh, God. Linebackers who are coming back. I'm terrified uh, to not know who some of these people are. Cody Carringer. Okay, I know him. I don't know him. I know of him. Has he ever played? No. <laughs> Maybe against Tyson, Wyoming. Tyson Coleman. Oh, he's coming back. He's great. He's okay. He's great. He'll be great next year. Okay. Um, Christian French. I'm just reading scholarship, guys. I'm not okay. I mean, Christian French, he's okay. Um, Rodney Hardrick is okay. Okay, that's, that's four okays, you know. That's the there's room to grow. A, I you know what, Danny Mattingly. I'm actually like I'm okay on Danny Mattingly. I think he's got a lot of room to grow. I think he could be pretty good. Spring practice is gonna be huge. Prevo to oh, Rodney Prevo. Uh, Johnny Reagan. Riggins. Whenever uh, I see it, hit, whenever I hear his name, I always think Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. Jimmy Swain, who was a fresh redshirting freshman this year, yeah, don't know. No. A couple of redshirting freshmen. Don't we have a JUCO uh, guy coming in? Uh, we do. Paris Bostic, and I, that guy better be a baller because <laughs> we need him to be a baller. Um, he was at Georgia. He was at Georgia at one point, so you know. Yeah, it wasn't a fit. Went to a JC. He reminds me of uh, Eddie Pleasant. Like yeah. a safety linebacker hybrid, kind of undersized for a linebacker, but really fast for a safety. Or for really fast, but a little undersized for a linebacker, but really big and maybe not the best uh, skill set for safety. If we could add a player to our defense the caliber of Eddie Pleasant, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the caliber of Eddie Pleasant. That's just who he reminds me of playing-wise. Yeah. Um, offensive line, I'm actually re- – I, I think we'll be fine. Like, yeah, I mean, whenever Coronas we ever, was, whenever Coronas we ever was great. Trouble. Yeah, and Jake Fisher was really good. And, Penalty City, and uh, you know, 
who am I missing here? Um, Stevens. Stevens was, you know, he was okay. He was a good guard, but guards are pretty replaceable. But, you know, it's like Doug Brenner, like, I think that guy's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, and he's a big dude. Big guy. Oh, I, interviewed him, I interviewed him at Media Day. That is a big boy right there. Is he busting buffets? Dude, uh-huh. Does he walk into, like, uh, Golden Corral and they just start weeping a little bit? Tyrell Crosby, I mean Tyrell, I mean, he had a rough game in the national championship game. He dominated the Rose Bowl. Oh yeah, that um, kid's gonna be so good. And he's a there's fresh- there's such a huge jump between your freshman and sophomore year. And I want to say Tyrell Crosby, not a redshirt freshman, a true freshman, a true freshman. This kid was in high school last year. Yeah, uh, I mean Cameron Hunt's had some moments. If 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 Tyler Johnstone's ACL can please stay in place, that's huge. I'm still upset we don't we aren't at the point of medical technology where we can just like oh someone tore their ACL we're just gonna swap out ACLs like if Efo if we could do that I would drive down to Eugene and just be like Efo take mine I don't need it anymore I don't need it I'll just go without one for a while Braylon Addison (laughs) yeah yeah about it yeah Um, so if that was possible I would be out of ACLs right now no I mean I. Hanatelli Lousy should be healthy. You know, he didn't. He never really got to play much this year, and he was a highly thought of JUCO guy just because of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Pearson, I mean, really came along as Big the season went on. Yeah. I'm not worried about offensive line. I think offensive no. line will be fine. Andre Y coming back. Uh, the um, offensive line's always fine somehow. They're uh, never terrible as long as no, injuries don't. But I think they could it. be really good. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't foresee like massive drop offs there. Um, a slight at first. Yeah, but it's going to take time. Like, yeah. I could see them struggling against like Michigan State. Oh, yeah. And then being fine. Um, quarterback, you know, I mean, obviously there's going to be a drop-off. For sure. Oh. <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, I think it's going to be next man up. <laughs> Said no but, one ever. I don't think quarterback's going to be bad. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean... I'd like, I'd like to remind everybody that... Our offense made Justin Roper look good. Okay. Our well, offense our... made Jeremiah Masoli look like an all-star. We went to a national championship game with Darren Thomas. Yeah. We can work around it. Um, speaking of, since we have like six minutes left, or we go over. Fuck it. Whatever. This is our podcast. We'll talk about whatever we want for however long we'll we want. We'll talk about and Yeah. Because um, uh, we're at the 54 and a half minute mark. Um, there was a uh, fifty four if I want to. <laughs> God damn it! Um, there's Travis Wallers coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Mahalik. Mm-hmm. He, he's redshirting. Then there's Ty Griffin, or is it Tosh Griffin? No, Tosh Griffin's the like five star running back. His brother. Yeah, Ty Griffin is like a super speedy quarterback who just needs to develop his arm. Oh, he was a quarterback at Georgia Tech, which explains. We're getting the. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy. I don't. I. I. I think. I think we have him because it's the uh, package we're on, deal. We're on the Keenan Allen Zach Maynard plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got, apparently, he killed it on the, the scout. He killed it on the scout team, though. Well, according to Rob Mosley. Uh and then there was a like a five star quarterback. One of my friends sent me the tweet today. This five star quarterback who was originally committed to Texas A and M. Kyler Murray. Yeah, that guy. I don't think that guy's coming here. Even though he tweeted "Win the day" with a little ducky next to it. I don't think that guy's coming. If here. you ask me, a tweet is 
I'll, might as well write that in stone. A tweet. Some guy that tweets is, something. That is you can that put is a it, letter of intent right there. You can get the you can back that like with the deed to your house. <laughs> might as well like I'm already like I I I I'm thinking we could have like uh like residence life or like make a bed for him right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, I watched his highlights for a little bit today and was like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe he could start right away and just kill it. You know what I miss though about uh about what I'm going to miss about Marcus Mariota. Hey, I feel a little empty now that he's not a duck anymore. Uh B I'm really going to miss how effortless he made everything look. <sighs> That was the one thing that I saw in his high school highlight tape, and I was like, wow, this guy just makes it look so easy. Like, he looks like he's jogging out there, and he's just blown away from people. Or like, he's going to roll out and throw, like, with a flick of the wrist, and it's just like, boom, out of his hand, 45 yards downfield. So let me ask you this, then. Okay. And this is just spur of the moment, because it just popped into my mind. Okay. What is What is the signature image of Marcus Mariota? as an Oregon duck like the one play that stands out above because you know we joked about how he didn't have a Heisman moment right yeah because he was just good like consistently good he didn't need it what is the moment for you like the one like the Royce Freeman shuffle pass yes I I was thinking the exact same thing that's That's just I mean I probably need to rewatch the games and (laughs) believe me it's a long off season I'll probably rewatch every game we played in I'm not oh. watching the last one ever again. Oh, no. I'm probably not watching that. I'm probably not I've watching Stanford. The game ever again. Why the hell would I want to watch that? I'm probably not watching... I'll watch the Rose Bowl again and again and again and again. I may have watched that once already since Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I think it's the Royce Freeman shovel pass. The thing with him, though, is that he always seemed like he was in such control. It's... There was never the there was never like the the moment where Mark Helfrich was coming over and saying if you don't calm the f down I'm benching you. There was never that moment. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Mariota like going to the Bucks or something, the Bucks or the Titans and something happening the box, in the game and Mariota walking over walking over to the head coach come after walking over to the head coach we don't calm the fuck down I'm having you fight. <laughs> I don't think uh, Levy Smith would do that at Tampa Bay. I could see the Titans coach doing that just because it's like whoever's coaching the Titans. Titans coach just gets up in his face and it's like, and he like has this like very Hawaiian calming. He's like, you need to relax. And then he's just like, like he has the force, and the guy's just like, you know what? You're right. And then he just stops yelling. I think one of the images that'll stick with me though is is uh, against the against Virginia when he had like his sixty yard QB draw play, and it cuts over to the sidelines and it shows Marcus Mariota and, and the sideline reporters talking about how he's like an introvert and quiet and how like the coaches wish he would talk up a little bit more and he's just like sitting on some like box with a Gatorade just like swinging his feet back and forward. 
And I was like, you know what? This guy, he, one of us, one of us. That's uh, one of the images that always stick with me too. It's interesting, like the other, you know, the other Oregon quarterback that I think of, kind of. I mean, and he wasn't as good as Marcus, but I, I still kind of think of as above everything else, like um, is Joey Harrington. <laughs> My image of him is always like he just threw a touchdown pass and then he's sprinting 80 yards down the field. Yeah, he loved the sprint after the touchdown. It's just very, very different demeanors and how different people with very different demeanors can still be just so extremely effective. Yeah, or like Joey Harrington also always looked like so frantic in the pocket. Always like just bouncing around. (laughs) He's like looking everywhere, going through his reads like three times before he does anything. Joy Harrington didn't have any wheels. He couldn't just he couldn't just go take off. Oh yeah, and I also remember his awkward stumble into the end zone after catching a Keenan Howry pass in the Holiday Bowl. Just the goofiest fall into the end zone. Oh man, you know what sucks? We have to wait eight months for football. We have to wait eight months for football. Don't give me any of this spring practice crap. We have to wait eight months for football. Yeah. Let me see. Um, This ain't the SEC. I got better things to do than watch spring practice. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like, 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 like make an hour and something long podcast talking. Oh, yeah. This isn't Tomahawk Nation. We're as bad. We're as bad as everybody in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. We spend um, hours of our weeks doing podcasts about this. Yeah, we're we're uh, 232 days away from the college football season. Oh God! Jeez. I, mean, I, have to, I have to put up with things like baseball and. <laughs> I'm excited for baseball. I love baseball. Sucks. I love basketball, but it takes the it like takes the college football. Oh no! It really takes the edge off though. In like June, when you're like when you need your quack fix and you're you start like tweaking out a little bit. And you're just like, oh god, my baseball team's on again today. And it <laughs> oh, gives god. you just enough. It's, it's like Jude and the Mariners are already eleven games back. <laughs> yeah, it's always like just enough. Like, oh, my other team's on today. See, you're I a Red Sox fan, so yes. Um, and and you're not a. You don't have my pain. You actually have meaningful baseball in late into the summer. Sometimes. Most of the time. Most of the time. Last year, it was over in July. That's like... So basically, our seasons were flipped last year. Like, you normally had the experience I have. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the experience... Wow, that sucks. I feel bad. Because <laughs> that was not fun last year. Uh, although I have seen a perfect game, so that's pretty sweet. I saw the Red Sox almost get no hit in game one of the Detroit series two years ago. I was at the game one when they got almost no hit until one out left in the ninth. I saw my favorite player throw a perfect game. It was sweet. Super sweet. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm looking through my Twitter feed now. I think this thing has come off the rails. Are the podcast? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A little bit. Uh, Do we want to talk about basketball and how we have a block machine on our team? We have a basketball team? 
I know we're like really a track and field school, but we do have a basketball team. I think. I think they're still around. Jordan Bell uh, already has set the single season school blocks record, and um, look, he could. <laughs> Didn't he have eight in a game last time? Yeah, eight in a game against ASU. Um, speaking of which, you know it's happy I hate Washington week, right? Oh hell yeah! This is being lost. This is being lost in all the like football depression is that it is happy i hate Washington. such uh, a good week and last year la- what, what's really funny is last last week they lost at home to the cougs <laughs> <laughs> you know what there's nothing that brings a smile to my face more than a husky loss other than a duck win uh... but the husky loss is a close second by the way i loved how uh on ATQ after the game, uh, you know, in the lead up of the game, I actually thought the Ohio State fans were really pretty awesome. The oh, ones, they were. They were totally awesome. Um, the only trolls we got after the game were fucking Null fan here and yeah, and Husky fan. Yeah, we got a couple Buckeyes, but it was like two. You are a Husky fan. You just go away. Like, yeah, you're a 15 year loser. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> But we want half a natty like way back in the day. At this point, we have playoffs now. None of those count. Like you had to be Iowa in the Rose Bowl to win that. Like yeah. Like we couldn't beat Iowa. I mean, come on. Everyone um, could beat Iowa. <laughs> but <sighs> basketball. I mean, it's it's entertaining team. Yep. It's it's you know young. It's young. It looks very like full of hope at times. Full like of hope. Raw. Yeah. Um. There's some exciting things. I mean, you know, watching Jordan Bell block shots. A young T. Rob. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um. Dil- Dylan Brooks, you know, I think has a chance to be very good. Um. But they're they're not consistent. I mean, they struggled with Arizona State. They they got beat pretty solidly by Arizona, um, which is not expected. Although, good job Beavers. I guess. Yeah, go Bavers. Go Bavers. Um, Bavers. Bavers. You know, this team is. It, I think when all is said and done, they're probably an NIT team. That'd be good. And then outside, I mean, an outside shot at the NCAs if you could make a little run. I just don't see them being consistent enough to make oh, that. Oh no! If they make the NCAAs, that's a Christmas miracle. Um, but you know what? When I looked at this team at the beginning of the season and looked at like, oh god, this is what this is what it is, and yeah. especially like midsummer after all the crap happened. Oh yeah. If you'd have told me, hey, NIT this year, I'm like, yep, I'll take that. Yeah, like we had three scholarship players at one point. I mean, you know, when you think about three scholarship guys getting kicked out of the program, and not then, good. and then two recruits not getting into school, <laughs> always rough, You're especially when it's Oregon. Five scholarship guys at one point, like that's bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, them not being able to get into Oregon is pretty bad in and of itself. If you're an okay. athlete and you can't get in, woof. Yeah, like. You know, in the last 15 years, like, Oregon has definitely upgraded their academic standards, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you can only it, slip a few through. 
it is significantly more like more selective than it was when I went to school there. Yeah, um, you can but, always slip a couple kids through. That said, if you're an athlete, your your rules are different. <laughs> yeah, because you're providing a service to the school. Yes. Um, and if the school still says, I used air quotes for that. If the school still says no, then. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, no, not even the 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 like Garrett Blunt Center for Kids You Can't Read Good is gonna help you. Like, my we're just gonna cut it. My, my my favorite uh was when uh was with, when Kasongo didn't get in, and uh after that it's like okay he's looking I don't know where he ended up okay he's looking for a new school looking for a new school, and everyone's like, well he's seriously looking at Cal he's gonna go to Cal like, hold on wait a second. <laughs> Wait a just wait a damn second. That's not how that works. That's not how this works. <laughs> like, no, I. If he didn't get in here, I guarantee to you he's not going to. Cal- you know what would have made me happy if he didn't get in here? He gets into Washington. <laughs> that would have made me happy. Oh God. Okay. Now you brought something. Uh, I don't care how long we go because it's our podcast. And we'll do what we want. Damn it. Um, okay, so this article was sent to me, um, by the SB Nation Pac-12 League Manager. Perfect. Can't wait. Um, I am going to give you the link right now. Oh, God. It is going to come through, um, how, how should I give you this link right now? How do you want to receive this link? Just instant message to me on Skype. Okay, you got it. So this is this is just un freaking believable. So what this article is is it is it's a Wall Street Journal article. Oh jeez. Yeah. I think I read this one today. What's your college team worth? Okay. They're putting a dollar value on college football teams. Okay. Texas is number Grant. one. I, I haven't seen this list yet. Texas no, no. is number one. Yeah. Here are no Texas is number three. Ooh. Ohio State's number one. Michigan's number two. They're putting an intrinsic value on the brand. Oh god, kill me. So, if you look at just the Pac-12 rankings, just Pac-12. What is your guess as to what the most valuable brand in the Pac-12 is according to this? USC. No. Washington. Yes. Fuck that. I I'm like are No. You that's kidding? a joke. Washington, Oregon, USC, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Arizona, Washington State. Shenanigans. I'm just Total like there's shenanigans. no fucking way. Absolutely not. No. I'm like, A, the answer is USC. I yeah. think that's okay. Or number UCLA. Two, and they got number two right with Oregon, I think, at Maybe. this point. Um, Whatever, this whole thing's like fucked anyways. Brand. Washington? <laughs> what? How do they make the, the I, most valuable football brand? Let's stop talking about this. This is ridiculous. This is like a Canzano article. The Canzano read this? No, Jared Diamond. Jared, you did a terrible job. <laughs> you know who Jared Diamond is, right? No. <laughs> JT Light? 
Uh, if it's the same Jared Diamond, uh, wrote Gun- Guns, Germs, and Steel, which is an amazing book. Oh, what? Okay, stick to Guns. Oh, no, no, it's not that guy. <laughs> I was okay. like, God, that guy was really smart. Good. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing writing about college football? No, it's a different Jared Diamond, thank goodness. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Jared Diamond who is a moron, apparently. <laughs> Swing and a miss. He's a one-hit wonder. Um, good God. Like, seriously, how do you even make this claim? Like, there is no methodology that could possibly come to that conclusion. <laughs> Zero. All right. If you made it this far, you're the best and our favorites from now on. You are. So, all right, well, I think we've gone a long time. We have. What are we at? Like an hour and 15 minutes? 73 minutes. All right, fine. We'll we'll let the kind people go. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, football is a long way away. It sucks. Uh, good luck, Marcus. Good luck, Eric Armstead. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch basketball games this weekend. Because yep. It's better than nothing. Watching basketball games this weekend. Yep. All right. Uh, just slaying way too much quack for such a depressing week. Well, we watered it down with some baking soda. Yeah. It's, baking it's soda. Not, I got not baking soda. As, not nearly as intense as the quack of the last few days. Nope. But in any case, uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.